Hey there, everybody. It's Michael Govier. Leanne and I have a new idea. We are going to post old episodes on Fridays. We have 75 to work with. And along the way, through all of those episodes, we miss some of the information. So why not repost it and give you guys a chance to catch up again? Or maybe you've never heard it at all, and this will be the very first time you've heard this episode. We do want to remind you that all of our episodes are on our YouTube channel, which you should subscribe to, or on our podcast feed, whatever podcast format you like the most. You can find all of our episodes right there. For this Flashback Friday, it's the Danielle Salinger episode. Not her first appearance, but her second appearance. She had a lot of things to say in this episode. And I am very, very confident that you will take away something useful and probably be struck with a bit of emotion because Danielle talks honestly and frankly about her own personal experiences. But they're all relatable human experiences. So sit back and relax and enjoy this previously on edition of the First Day Pod. Thank you for your time and energy. This is the First Day Podcast. My name is Michael Govier. Join my host, Leanne Hello, as we discuss mental health topics with Danielle Salinger. She is a veteran of many, many experiences related to mental health, including suicide prevention, depression, the loss of a child, and much, much more. Leanne and I are thrilled to have her back on the show as she came on last summer in June for her first appearance. You can go back and listen to that episode anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So get ready to laugh, learn, and hopefully gain some wisdom from today's First Day Pod. Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. How are you? Good, good. It's me. Hi. And you. Are, are we live? Yes, we are. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> it's the first day podcast on a Sunday. Yeah. It's the second That's... time we've done a Sunday in the last two weeks. I like it. You like Sunday? Yeah, I do. Why? Um, for a couple reasons. One, uh, I have more. Is it delayed? No. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, Be yourself. Because I have more time, so mm -hmm. um, it's not as rushed, and the setup is nice because now I'll be able to like, you have a really good thing because you're all set up so you can just like do podcasts whenever you want. I've got to like set up the whole thing and then take the whole thing down, and so now it's nice that I get to like take it down and then I don't have to worry about it for the week kind of thing. Awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great so it wor live. it's worked out nice, yeah. Preparation is key. Yeah. Preparation yeah. without. Uh, There's a quote there somewhere. Is there something about preparation? And yeah. I don't know. There is preparation. H. Oh. I'm getting a colonoscopy this Friday, though. So. You are. Are you excited? It's my first one. Talk about preparation. Yeah. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. I hope uh, 
hope. Uh, Watch what you say. Uh, oh, Danielle is uh, about to join us. Ooh, yay! That's and, great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the colonoscopy. It's gonna be a good time. <clears throat> Hopefully, uh, I don't die and I live. Okay, um, that's what. Come on. I don't want to die. I want to live. I very much want to live. Right. So. I know they they know what they're doing. It's a routine procedure. So Yes, they do. But I am on Suboxone, so they have to take extra precautions because I can't have opioids. So, mm-hmm. so they got to use propofol. And uh, that requires an anesthesiologist, but it'll be at the University of Michigan, a fine hospital, one of the finest hospitals in the world. So yeah. it'll be a quick, painless process. And then we'll know where my intestines stand and what's going on with them. That's so exciting. Yeah. It's important to know what's going on in there. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And then we can, we can get on a colonoscopy schedule and we can start scheduling them together. Yeah. Well, you already had yours last uh, November. So yeah. So it's close enough. So we'd be able to, once we're living together, then we could be like, oh, it's colonoscopy time. Yay. (laughs) That sounds like fun. I would love to have couples colonoscopies. Yeah. I wonder if they have those available. Maybe. I don't know. You might have to pay extra. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't want to pay extra for that. I mean, it's already expensive as it is. Oh, see. I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not. Free here. It's free. Yeah, it's free for me too. Oh, that's great. I have insurance. I'm a lucky yeah. American. We're rare. We're very rare. Very rare people in America to have insurance that doesn't hamper us with costs. So Yeah, that's nice. Anyway, this is the first day podcast. It's a Sunday, and me and Leanne are going to be talking with Danielle Salinger. She will be with us any moment now as she is taking care of some biz. Mm -hmm. And then when that biz is done, she'll pop in here with us, and we'll have a grand old talk about mental health. We'll see where she's at. What's going on? Let's check in with Danielle. She's always honest and genuine and forthright, so we're going to get the scoop from her. And hopefully something to take away. I'm sure there will be. There'll be a lot to take away. And are you? Yeah, I'm very confident. Yes. Okay. And um, if you're listening to this um, on your podcast, you can stop it and you can go to episode 13 and you can listen to the first time that she came on here. Um, it oh. was back in June. So I listened to it last night. There were a lot of really good things that we can take away from that as well. So um, if you're listening to it, you know, stop it. Go back to um, episode 13. You're going to have to scroll a bit. And then um, or you could probably search for First Day Pod Danielle Salinger because her name's in the title. So anyway, Ah. um, you can do that and then hop on back here for episode 51 and then listen to the second. Yay. Well, that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. I yeah. remember she talked about, you know, a lot of serious stuff, losing a child mm-hmm. and the pain of that, but also being honest about it and openly discussing it, and mm-hmm. suicide, and having a prevention plan in place. If you have someone in your life who's very depressed and you know that they'll be prone to these depressive bouts, it's important to have a whole plan ready to go. And that was really impressive. That's what I remember the most about our conversation. Me too. Me too. I had never heard of that before. Never even thought about it. But I, I almost feel like it's one of those things that not even if you're if you know someone that's really depressed, it's probably just something good just to have, um, you know, and something to talk about, especially if you have kids. 
something just to, or I mean, maybe not like kids, kids, but like teenagers, it's probably a really good idea to have all those things in place just in case, you know, that's a good call. Leanne. you're a smart lady. That's why you're a co-host of the show. <laughs> you're my smart lady. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. She, she has been through so much and then she's got such a really, she's got a really cool way of looking at the world and, you know, with her sense of humor and um, <laughs> she's very, what I like is how, how open she is about everything. Like there, it doesn't matter what you talk to her about. She's very open and will just tell you exactly how she feels about it. And yes. she's really open with her kids, which is really cool. Yes. You know, so. Yes. Speaking of the devil, she's not the devil, though. <laughs> as far as we know. Are you the devil? Some, some people might disagree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Danielle. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's a I challenging day. Mm. Yeah, I, I bet. Every day is an adventure. So yes. Just yes, live it. Definitely it. Is. Live that adventure. As best I can. Uh, you know, I, uh, I totally didn't check the notes. And last time we did this, I don't think we were live. I think we just did it where we just recorded oh, yeah, it. That's so, right. Yeah, this uh, is new. Yeah, this is really, really cool. I'm really yeah. glad that I took a shower this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so that worked out great. Although I, I had to check at the last minute and my shirt had stuff. The baby and I made muffins today. Ooh. So I had muffin mix all over. So I had to change real quick before I hopped on. Ew, <laughs> <No> <laughs> well, look, Leanne made this all just for you. Look, it's got all your information right there. This all is Daniel's very cool. You don't have you to say are, anything. You guys are so <laughs> high tech now. This is amazing. Yeah. It's funny that she's the one that does it too. Leanne's the. She's not the high tech one of us, but she makes these great graphics for each show. And I'm really, really surprised, but very grateful. Very <laughs> Me grateful. Me too. That she does that, so. You so, guys have come uh, a long way. Yes. Yeah, well, actually, quite a bit. I'm glad you're on the show because we're going to talk about this with you and we'll talk about whatever we want to talk about. But I've also been talking about maybe changing the show. And I wonder what you would think of that. Like, do you. I mean, you don't listen to every, you don't have to listen to every episode or catch every show that we do, but we've been thinking of tinkering and maybe Leanne would kind of step aside maybe, and I would just do the show by myself. What do you think of these things? What are your thoughts as someone who's been on the show and has at least, you know, absorbed a few of these? Hold on. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to interject and just tell you that there is zero, like, I will not take offense to anything that you're about to say. <laughs> That's good. Yes, that's good. Because she'll be like, no, keep her on. But I'll message you later, Mike. <laughs> uh -huh. No way. No way. I think it depends on the, the reasoning of why, why you guys would want to do that and what direction you would want to take things in. Um, I can't say how many I'm through. So it, the only time I really leave my house these days is if I am uh, headed to work, which I do one day a week. Um, and so it usually takes me maybe one or two trips, depending on traffic to get through an episode of your guys's. So mm -hmm. I'm slowly getting through and trying to catch up and stuff. And then there are some days that I just want to rock out to some music and blast it really loud because yeah. I can, and I can't do that at home. Yes. Um, so I think that I am maybe close to halfway through on the wow. episode for That's you guys. Cool. So, yeah. 
considering I'm not really listening to any other episodes uh, or any other podcasts <laughs> at all. So, you know, that's pretty good. Um, but I do, you know, I've always liked the the back and forth and the different perspectives that you guys bring. But mm-hmm. if it's one of those things where, you know, Leanne, you're really busy and stuff and you need to step away. No, no, that's not know. really what it is. We're actually not quite sure what it is. <laughs> what? Yes, we are. There's no secrets here. We talked. Look, Please. we talked. Yeah. Leanne's, Leanne's focus is usually the food addiction stuff. That's like the, that's ah. what she talks about the most on the show. I've talked. I do that as well. That's also an issue for me. But mm-hmm. I also talk about you know my uh, substance use disorder and my old opioid addiction that I also dealt with. And uh, sometimes we. <laughs> Truth is, this really started with a rating. Somebody reviewed us and gave us one star, and she said that we were corny and cheesy as hell, and uh, that's what started the conversation. To be perfectly honest with you, and mm-hmm. then we started. Lame. So then I, I know I, I don't want, I don't really succumb to that stuff, but I was surprised yeah. by like the, the negativity of it. It was like uh, I gave this bot a chance, but it, the you know it was blatantly blaming me, not Leanne. Like I was cheesy and corny, and like if you need addiction help, seek it elsewhere. And I was like, right, I feel like you didn't give us a fair chance. But that's when we started having this kind of because we want to we want to make sure that we're not living a lie, you know, or like we're not fooling ourselves. If it's lame yeah. and cheesy and we're not aware of it, then I, I'm willing to consider other points of view. Mm-hmm. Well, but here's the thing: what's wrong with cheesy? Right. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly you know me. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what I do. And, that's and, what the you know, is. and this isn't like like when I think of you guys, I don't think of cheesy. But even if that is something that that somebody gets out of it, what's wrong with that? I mean, mm-hmm. I could be you know cheesy about it and say cheese is fabulous and wonderful, and you know, <laughs> lots of people love cheese, uh-huh. macaroni and cheese, cheese pizza, all that stuff. But no, uh, you know, there are different ways of reaching people. And, you know, the way you guys are certainly reaching people, you know, it's good as it is. It also doesn't have to be the same as what other people are doing. I think that the draw of First Day Pod is that you guys are unapologetically yourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the good parts and the and the flaws and everything in between because that's how everybody is. And so I certainly wouldn't want you guys to change anything based off of of that. I mean, <laughs> we've, we've all you. had really bad critiques throughout our lives, haven't we? Yes. And, you know, you, you take the ones that mean well and maybe you change something that you already wanted to change. But then there are going to be others that aren't anybody who means well, but are just somebody who, you know, sometimes is lashing out or right. just is a sourpuss. Um, you know, Justin wah, gets wah. horrible reviews. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, views. yeah. I've and some of the about that. stuff that people say, it's like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Um, somebody got upset because he said stolen bases rather than steals. Come <laughs> on, really? <laughs> and gave and gave a, a low review because mm-hmm. of that. Don't Jesus. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't so much like we got the review and so now we have to do something. Yeah. It was just we got it. It kind of sparked it. Then it was like Mike's also going, you know, he's going to school for counseling. Yeah. And so this is a good place for him to be able to really explore it and explore it in his own way. Um, when another part of it then is 
Um, and this is like, this is totally okay. But another part of it is he's not able to be his, his self as much because he's a very sweet man. And uh, yeah. well, it's true. No, he's we very, mentioned this. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet man. And his girl's by his side. And so he doesn't want to like say certain things or be his full on self, which is really, it's, I'm, I can torn. be vulgar. I can be vulgar. And I'm torn because, of course, you want your partner to be able to be himself. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't really want to see that side of him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I forgot that part of it. It's a big point. It was, you know, she's more. Leanne is who she is. She's kind of, you know, she's funny. She's very funny, but she's not yeah. crass or vulgar, kind of like maybe me and you could be, Danielle, if we wanted to get down and dirty and talk. I mean, I've talked to you. You and I know how you and Justin operate. You guys yeah. are funny, but you're also, you, you guys will say whatever you want to say and you don't give a shit. And I like that. And Leanne's cool with that too. She's not trying to limit anybody, no. but that yeah. was another crux of this conversation was what mm -hmm. I like to say what I feel regardless of the implications, but I also respect her because she's yeah. not that way. So we have a different, we have a slightly different dynamic is all. And I'm just trying to respect yeah. that. Yeah. And I can understand that it's different approaches that you guys have different backgrounds that you guys have mm -hmm. and finding a way to, to have that together, but still be respectful of each other and your individuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. so one thought is that we'll, we'll do the show that he does it so he can do his thing and then occasionally he'll have me come on and just be like, disclaimer, we're going to clean it up for the show a little bit, guys. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to do this with her from the beginning. I'm the one who started the idea. I'm like, I, I really like her voice. I think Leanne has a very calming, sweet Thank voice you. that I like to listen to. And I was like, we should do a podcast together because then we this can explore actually, things. And this actually started before we started dating again. That was the impetus oh, really? to us dating. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing I said to, it was one of the first things I approached her on to try to spur a conversation, which eventually led to this more meaningful and deeper conversation about us, you know, getting together again. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, this podcast brought you guys together. It did. Well, you know, Mike, how many, how many podcasts do you have going on right now? Uh, not as many as you think. I mean, I do 842. This the, I, just doing a lot of baseball podcasts because it's spring training. It's preseason time. But otherwise, yes, yeah, just the baseball, this pod and the movie pod. That's basically the main three I do. So, so I'm just saying, couldn't you have a separate pod where you could be your crass self and delve into other things, but still keep first yeah. day pod and the focus that you guys had together and just give you an opportunity that way to delve into different sides of yourself and different conversations you want to have? Huh. You're right. All right I'm going to close the curtain behind me. Yeah. Bothering me. I don't see why not. Uh, you're right. That's a good point. That's a good uh that's a good middle ground. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Danielle. Hey, <laughs> We're moving on. Great. Well, look, I just Yay. wanted to yeah. You're awesome. honest and you're going to tell us the truth. So we wanted to jump on that for a minute, but I wanted to see how you're doing. So yes. how, how have you been doing? You know, we haven't talked to you since last June. Before you came on, yeah. Leanne was saying that yeah. she went back and listened to the episode you were on last night, yeah. right, Leanne? And yeah, were... it was really, really good. But there was it. one of the things was that you were like, I'm going to get back into my blog. I can't wait to start writing. That's so what happened. Yeah, it <laughs> but you have other things. That you mm -hmm. that you've brought on instead. So tell us what you've been up to, what you've been doing, and and then we can get into all of the the rest. But what's well, going you know, on? 
and I don't remember if I said this the last time, but it's it's funny because I used to always say that I really wish I could be a stay-at-home mom, that I'd love to be able to, you know, to stay at home, you know, be able to have my projects and things that I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. take care of the household, be with the kids, be around them and stuff. Um, and then all of this happened and I thought, oh my God, I'm not good at this. I would <laughs> not make a good stay-at-home mom. I'm I'm barely keeping it together. Um, and Justin had to point out to me, well, this is not like you being a stay-at-home mom. You're trying to work a full-time job and also take care of the kids full-time. Everybody's home and everybody's in the house all the time. So there's more to clean at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, with the pandemic, everything's a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, we're still in the same place that we were when we first did a podcast together, which is that we're really limiting our interactions. We're really not going outside of our household um, and, you know, just being super cautious. Um, and so all of it just throws a monkey in the wrench for doing things. Yeah. Um, you know, I work, I take care of the kids, we do nighttime routine, and then I jump back on and work some more to make up for kind of what I missed throughout the day. Wow. So I haven't done a very good job of doing other things, except for in the last three weeks, I guess you could say. Um, Just because I was trying to be funny and harass my husband, Justin Mason, on Twitter, um, I decided to sign up for his big fantasy baseball competition um, just to just to be a jerk and just be funny. <laughs> and then I decided to turn it into a real thing um, because, you know, he's tried before to talk me into getting into uh, fantasy baseball. But I always thought it just takes too much time. I could do mm-hmm. fantasy football if that's easy enough, but this takes too much time. The fantasy football is fun for us to do together. It started out as something for me to, you know, um, a hobby of his that I could join in on um, mm-hmm. and we'd have kind of that doing together. So I decided to take an approach with fantasy baseball, but doing it from a new person point of view and how to approach it as somebody who doesn't know or understand any of it at all. Mm. Um But see, even with this, I get these big ideas Mm -hmm. um, and I just don't seem to be able, I struggle with follow through. (laughs) So the idea. Welcome to the world. Yeah, Yeah, I know. That's like, you're human. Oh, the idea had been that we would do a podcast every night um, uh, for two weeks leading up to the start of this competition. And I would write a blog post about what I was learning every night also and post that. Hey, that was much too much for me to try and accomplish. Wow. A hell of an endeavor. But you did yeah, some of it. I mean, you did the podcast. So, so. so I did the podcast and I wrote two blog posts. So I at least followed through with, with the, the podcast. Um, we didn't do the last one, but that wasn't on us. The person we were supposed to have uh, wasn't able to join us. And we were exhausted because Justin did Palooza again, trying to raise money for Mental Health America. Um, and so we both decided that, that yep, we raised, uh, he raised over $8,000, I believe. That's awesome. Job yeah, Good job. Really, really fantastic. So it's interesting to have a goal and then, you know, try and be kind to myself when I wasn't able to reach it mm-hmm. to, you know, realize I kind of put um, an unattainable goal on myself given <laughs> you know, everything that's going on. And I got my uh, second vaccine shot and I got really sick from it. Oh, um, yeah. So I've heard that. 
I made it through the podcast episodes and I have a super sensitive system. So we were expecting that that might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made it through podcast episodes and that was all I could do. I didn't even do any studying. I did no prep. I did nothing for the competition that I was getting myself into, but I did the podcast. And so I at least have to think, okay, well, that's a win. I did part of it. It's okay if I didn't get to all of it. I at least yes. did a portion yes. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably for me, what was the most uncomfortable portion I was able to um, do? Because, you know, sitting down to talk with people who are much, much more knowledgeable than mm-hmm. you on a subject can be nerve wracking. Yeah. Because I don't want to sit there quietly. You know, I don't want to just mm-hmm, the entire time. I want to be able to engage and ask questions. But it's really hard to ask questions of something you have no idea right. what, what it is. Right. Sometimes you just got to go. Mm hmm. Uh, that's yeah for for some of it that that is what we did. Uh, thankfully, we had people on who really were helpful and engaging with us, including Michael. Michael, you were our first. That was awesome. That was really a great way of kicking it off. I thought, yeah, it was very engaging. You weren't sitting there on your ass, but then again, maybe you feel slightly more comfortable because we've talked before on podcasts and stuff. I don't know, but either way, maybe. it was a positive experience, at least from my point of view. So. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So you got us back to basics. You know, she took us back to a place that we, some of us veterans, like she's saying, these more knowledgeable people hadn't really been to because they've moved so far beyond the first time they ever played the game or had the experience that it takes you back to the beginning. And that's why I was really grateful that you started doing that because that's what I told other people to check out the pod because it takes you back to a time when you knew nothing. And whenever this goes universal for all things, like any endeavor you don't know anything about and you do it for the first time, it's a good base to start at so that's why yeah. I was really uh I wasn't even thinking about that when I did it I just came on and then I thought about it afterwards and it was a much more useful than I thought it would be to be honest so it's been really cool because we've had a number of people say the same thing that it was really great for them to kind of take it back to that beginning point and then kind of you know take a, a different look at things Yes. So, and I think you know it is good for lots of different areas in our lives where we think you know okay, I'm having a rough time with this. Well, you know, maybe if we take it back and stuff and and start and build a better foundation and stuff, that might be, you know, helpful to us. It was something (laughs) that Justin kept on saying to me um, because I, you know, the draft has been going on this week. I'm way over my head. I have no idea. I have some idea what I'm doing, but I'm still way over my head. Um, And he kept saying to me, well, you just need to take a look at, you know, where your needs are. And then, you know, find somebody who fits that need. I said, but I don't even know how to find that. And I thought (laughs) that is so applicable to my life even sometimes, you know, that there are holes somewhere, but I'm not always able to identify them. And so then how do I figure out how to, you know, fit something in there? So, you know. Trying to find time for my own passions and things that I want is definitely a hole that I have and something that I'm trying to figure out how to um, how to fix that. So I'm always going to hope that I can get back to my blogging, but we'll see. You're like Leanne <laughs> in that respect. And Leanne always tries to aim high, and if she doesn't quite get there, she's still got some of it, and she's mm-hmm. she's happy with that, right? I am. I am. I I never used to be. I used to aim high, and then I would be like, unless I hit a hundred percent, then I was like, yeah. I was no awful. exceptions. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but now it's just like, if I don't, if if I if I aim low enough, 
if I aim like too low, then there's no motivation for me to do it. So then it's like, sure. it's just not going to get done. Right. Sure. Now I've gotten to the point that if I just like aim super high and I do certain steps to get to it, um, then I've accomplished more than had I just sat there thinking about it or planning for it or whatever. And it, and it gets done. So yeah. yeah, it's just that whole like acceptance and, and being like you said, being aware of what you need is the hardest part I think in the beginning. But yeah. you know that you want, like you were talking about writing through the back when we first had you on. Yeah. So it's cool that you at least did a couple, you know, you got two blog posts, two blog posts. Uh, three, yeah. if we count the first joke one that I did. Squeeze <laughs> another one in there. So, <laughs> so, and, you know, and I'm still, I'm still coming up with ideas of things that I want to write. You know, it's just. And also, I have to take my expectation down in terms of how I write it. You know, mm. I have this intention that I want to write this really amazing, meaningful, something that touches people that they identify <laughs> with. And I really need to take that down and just, you know, I just need to write. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's got to be perfect. Know, yes. But it's hard. I get so self-conscious about, you know, things that I do. You know, there's, there's. I sometimes say, and you know, even with other things that I write, oh, I don't care. I don't care what people think. Eh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be me. I don't, I don't care what people think. Um, yes. But the fact of the matter is, I do, I do, and I wish that I didn't so much, but I do care what people think, and mm -hmm. I want to be liked, and I want to be well thought of, um, mm -hmm. you know, and and so I hold myself back with fears and all those things. So I somehow have to figure out a way, and maybe that's you know one of the needs that I can't quite see. I figure out a way of, of letting that go to the side and doing things anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your husband still this? likes you. There's a good news. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, of Justin. Course, Very nice. Of course he does. He'd better. I do a whole lot for that guy. <laughs> right, you do. But it goes back to the review we were talking about earlier. Is I don't really care in the end. I, I'm going to do what I want to do. But I'm trying to do this podcast it means a lot more than the other pods. It does to me because it's about mental health and addiction and things that are really at the root of all the things we do in this life. That's yeah. why it's much more important than a goddamn fantasy baseball podcast. I mean, I mean, it's fun. I love doing that, but it's not yeah. important at all. It's just fun. Yeah. So I, if people didn't like it, I'd be like, well, okay, that's, that's how it is. But this, it just had a little more gravitas to it. Is That's sure. That's, that's why I took it, I guess, a little more than I would have liked to we want to we wanted to be a place where people could reach out to us as opposed to be like, oh, this is not a place to go to. That's the exact opposite of what this podcast is supposed to be. So I guess in a way, frankly, it hurt. It did. It was it was hurtful. Yeah. So. yeah. And I, I know that, you know, I have a hard time with criticisms. I try to take them well, but, you know, that's not always easy. And especially when something, you know. That seems unnecessarily harsh. I know everybody likes to give their opinions and stuff, but yeah, it's not exactly constructive criticism there. So no, but yeah, it's hard to put yourself out there, and especially when you're doing something that is is real and meaningful. And not to say that you know fantasy baseball. I mean, I've certainly talked to a lot of people that that's been you know meaningful for them and helpful for them. When they oh, yeah, had, yeah. I don't want to dismiss know. the relationships and stuff. Yes, but, it, it, but it's no, an outlet. But it certainly isn't the same as, as doing something like this and the, the kind of subject matter that mm -hmm. you're delving into. And maybe that's also why, you know, it's 
it's hard with the stuff that I write because I am being very blunt and very mm. personal. Um, you know, some of the pieces that I've written, I've included stuff that is extremely embarrassing to me. Um, mm. But I put it out there in hopes that, you know, maybe somebody else who's dealing with the same thing, that it'll help be helpful to them. Yes, um, that's why we do this. That's the point. Yes. Yeah. So that, you know, we can we can put it out there and somebody else can go, oh, me too. I didn't realize anybody else did these things. I mean, you know, I think with anything, it's hard. There's no black and, and white. You know, there's always kind of a little bit of gray. So people talk about like, oh, labels are bad. But you know what? Sometimes labels are good because when I started researching some of the things that I deal with, with my depression and anxiety, and, you know, I would see, oh, that's called this. And so, holy cow, there's enough people that there's a name for it? Awesome. This is not just some weird thing I do. This is an actual, you know, um, kind of part of what it is that I deal with. And so that can be, at least for me, it's a bit of a relief. It provides understanding for you. It's like a common bond of something that maybe you thought you were all alone in, right? Yes, exactly. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about labels from that perspective. And so that's why, you know, sometimes, sometimes doing that, sometimes identifying something more clearly, I think can have a, a positive impact. Mm-hmm. So for me, wow. at least. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we're talking with Danielle Salinger here. She's been on the show once before. This is her second time ever. Seems like okay. you've been on more than that for some reason. I don't know why, but I, this is only your second appearance. And it's a, yep. it's a great, great experience because she's going to tell us the truth. And one of the things I want to ask you the most about was yes. this identity thing with being a parent and being a part of a family. Like you said, you're you're taking care of your kids, you're being a, you know, housewife, a, a mom at home, raising the kids full-time. You also have your job, and then you try to squeeze in some of this side stuff as an outlet. But do you feel like um identity is an issue where you start to sit around and say, "Boy, what what is my identity here or what am I beyond the things I do? Because I talked to a friend of mine who's a father. I just want to give this context that he yeah. has really struggled recently over the last couple of years. He's, he's, he feels like he's lost. He doesn't know who he is in a sense. And, you know, he's around our age too. And he's, he's got everything taken care of. You know, the family's in good shape and uh, they make enough money to survive and everything's going well there. But his sense of purpose and identity is shaken. So I'm just wondering, because people aren't always honest about the stuff when they have children and stuff, you know. They're like, oh, everything's no. hunky-dory 24-7. But no. we know you're not like that. We know you're, you know, you're. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. Um, you know, we we moved a year ago. And um, when we did, we were unpacking a lot of stuff. Um, the previous move that we had done, we were downsizing into a much smaller place. So a lot of my stuff had to be packed away and stored in the garage. And we figured when we hopefully get to somewhere bigger, I'll be able to take some of that stuff out. Hmm. So this new place I was able to do that. And as I did, I took out um, a bunch of hats. Now I used to wear hats all the time because I'd be going out and going and doing things. And I love different hats, you know, wear a fedora or Leanne's jealous. (laughs) I mean, I just, I have, I have a huge collection of hats Mm -hmm. and I cannot remember the last time I wore one because Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not wearing a hat out to the, playground (laughs) you know i just i i don't i don't really do a whole lot you could have wore one today 
Yeah, yes. Yes. I would have loved to have seen that. You should see Leanne's collection in her closet. She's got a ton of hats. I love it. They're awesome. Listen, I'm I'm lucky I got a shower today. And even with me getting a shower today, it was a shower with a two-year-old, which is a, a challenge in and of itself. So, you know. <laughs> the finding a hat to also put on maybe would have helped a little bit. Um, but it is, it's hard. And especially, you know, I, I love that Justin's listening and he's going to love that I say this. Um, but, you know, Justin has a passion project that he's kind of, you know, has mm-hmm. gone from being a hobby to being a job that actually provides income in our household. And so it takes priority. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's hard to have things that are just me or just for me or that feed into my identity. When I saw the hats, I kind of felt like, oh, I've lost so much of who I was back then. I, I you know, drifted so far away from that. And I don't know, I'm at a point where I don't know that I necessarily want to go back to where that was, but I want to feel like I have some part of me that I go, this is just me. This is who I am. This is how I want to be. This is what fulfills me. Um, and I, I haven't really found that right now. Cause yeah, a lot is, you know, just taking care of the things that need to be taken care of. Um, and so I need to find a way of turning some of my wants into prioritizing them as to being needs. Cause mm-hmm. that's what I fail to do most of the time. You know, it's, you know, okay, the kids need to be fed. They, you know, I wouldn't even say need to be bathed because I'm terrible about that. And we kind of do it when we have a moment and stuff or, you know, take the kid in the shower when I do. Thank God the 10-year-old can shower herself, although even that's questionable. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of those things. And I have a hard time uh, prioritizing my own stuff as being a need. So, Got to find a way of, of doing that, doing a better job of that. When you say that you, so before you were saying that you wanted to be, like writing was always your thing, that you wanted to to do that. And that's a, a passion of yours. Um, you are, I mean, I don't watch a lot that you do on Twitter only because I still don't, Mike doesn't understand why I don't get Twitter. She doesn't Twitter. understand it. Yeah, I don't understand why she doesn't understand it. Hey, so. I didn't get Twitter at first either. It took me a long time. Like I saw something the other day about when I first joined Twitter and it's, holy cow, I didn't realize I had joined it that long ago because mm-hmm, I yeah. really only started using it maybe four years ago. Mm. Maybe You're pretty good five. at it. You're pretty good at it. Wow. You're funny okay too. You know how to do now. zingers. Okay. You know how to use GIFs. You can do it all. Oh, I love GIFs. You're a five-tool Twitter user, no doubt about it. Thank you. If I thought that people that I interact with on Twitter would do a GIF off, like a dance off, but with GIFs with me, I would totally start one. Ooh. I love GIFs. Yeah. They're so much awesome. fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So okay. I can do that with I know you. you can do it. Yeah. 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 But I, so I still don't understand. Anyway, I'll get there. It's a hang up or maybe it's just She'll a block of mine because I don't want to. Yeah. Maybe I just nope. don't want it. So, um, but there the things that I do see you are writing, you are getting your message across. So in little spurts, you're doing it a little bit. Do you like the, is it the getting the message out to people or is it the actual physical writing like by hand or is it the putting the grammar and all that stuff that I'm awful with uh, together or like what part of the writing is it that is the big draw for you? 
Um, I think getting the message out. I think being able to talk and engage with other people about the things that I think about or the particular point of view mm-hmm. um, that I have. Um, you know, and sometimes, sometimes I'll have an idea for something that I want to write about, but mm-hmm. I know that I don't have the time, but I at least want to kind of put the idea out there of what I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did this the other day where I had tweeted about, um, you know, the need to normalize guys who don't always want to have sex, who aren't, you know, always mm-hmm. thinking about or constantly wanting sex and women who don't need to be talked into mm-hmm. sex. Um, and so, and it's something that I've wanted to write about for a while, um, but I haven't been able to. So I just kind of put a little tweet out there of just, nice. you know, something uh, kind of a little thought for people to ponder a little bit because there are those stereotypes that, yeah. you know, Oh, once you get married, that's it. You know, yeah, you know, right? you know that the guy's always hounding after his wife about wanting sex and, you know, mm-hmm. the wife is withholding and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Isn't that that's true? just not the case for all relationships or all marriages. Oh, okay. So, and you know, it's, it's, it's just such a common stereotype that you see people joking around about and stuff and, you know. It perpetuates it and it makes it seem like it's real to people. I assume when me and Leanne get married, it's over. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you know, and there's the jokes like, um, let's see, there was the thing about the person who put a dollar in the jar um, for every time before sex, that uh, before marriage that they had sex. So they ah. put the dollar in the, and then once they got married, take a dollar out. And you know you'll never empty the jar. Oh, <laughs> so, you know, and that's just you know. Don't get me wrong. With kids, does it get more complicated? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, get more creative. That's all. Yeah, you got it. Well, it's creative, and then there's you know sometimes you are just tired and you just want to lay down and just do nothing, mm-hmm. not move, not anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to wait until they're asleep. And not just they kind of went to sleep, but really dead asleep. Or, you know, there's just, it, it does create more challenges um, yeah. having kids. And also you just, you know, energy levels and you get older and stuff. And those things are, are difficult. But the thing is, for some people, for some people, it doesn't change those things at all. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, they're still just as eager as you know before marriage or at any other time in their 20s you know those sorts of things there's just and it all always depends on the person you know you could have a woman who has a higher sex drive and you know a guy who has a lower sex drive and stuff and so there's lots of different things that you can come up against and yeah marriage you know i i'm I'm sure for some people it does end up being a challenge. I just question that it's marriage that causes those challenges. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of bogus myths out there yes. about all these things. They've been perpetuated by decades and decades of mm-hmm. jokes and people talking out of their ass. But the more these things sit with us, even if they're not true, they start to permeate our culture. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I'm 40 years old. I've never been married. And I think probably some of the stuff that is permeator culture like that, like these, like, oh, God, I don't want to be stuck with somebody who I just have to have sex with the rest of my life. It sounds they put there's a lot of misery attached to it, to be frank with you. And yeah. you see your own depending on how your own parents 
you know, gave you a, a tool or a, a symbol of how relationships could go. My parents did not give me a very good one. And I, I know yours didn't either, Danielle. So yeah, uh, it's these all put all those things together. And that's what you get for me right now. The 40 year old guy who's still not married. I, I love Leanne very much, but uh, you know, I've talked to her frankly about like marriage sounds like it sounds great. Cause I do, I love her dearly, but I'm still, I get nervous about it. I, I'm like, is this because of all these things, all these negative connotations with it. Here's the thing. I don't think marriage is any different. You know, nothing is different between Justin and I than before we got married. Right. We See, still fight the same. That's what you want to hear. That's yeah, we still hear. fight the same. We still, everything else is the same. Nothing has changed. And I'll tell you, if we had never gotten married and still did all the things that we've done, we'd still have the same issues that we have now, which we do. We have plenty of issues. Thank you. You know, we, we have issues that have nothing to do with the kids. You know, we have issues about how much time he puts into all of the work that he does, you know, um, Justin and I spend probably two to three hours together, really meaningfully together, um, two to three hours a week. Um, yeah. yeah, because, you know, otherwise he's out in the office and working and trying to get things done. <laughs> okay. My <laughs> husband just says he has no issues. I'll be talking to him and pointing those out later. Um, <laughs> but you know, even for as much as like we, you know, joke with each other and people know that it's joking online and stuff, we still have, you know, serious things that we're trying to work on in our relationship that, you know, need to, to get better. And I don't think that marriage is the cause of any of that stuff. So I would never say that, you know, and, you know, sure, adding children into the mix, like I said, provides its own set of challenges. Um, but at the same time, it provides its own set of rewards also. So I don't think um, that's any different than any other endeavor that somebody takes on. Um, you know, if you decided that you wanted to go and climb Everest, it's not a piece of cake, any of that, you know, it's a right. huge undertaking. Um, maybe a little bit more life and death than having children, but very minimally different, very minimally different. So, um, but even that has its own challenges and, and rewards and stuff. And so I, just, I don't see it any different in that aspect than anything else. But it's funny because with the whole idea of, oh, okay, you, you get married and, you know, the sex drops off. The idea of that being perpetuated, you know, there's also the idea that, well, if a woman is too interested in sex and too sexual, um, then she's not the marrying type. Uh, mm. She's, uh, you know, there's there's so many ways in which it degrades women. You mm -hmm. know, women are degraded for having too much of a sex drive, too much of an interest in sex. Um, and so they're not the marrying type. And yet when you do marry them and then they're not interested in sex, well, they're frigid. And um, and then it's their own fault when their partner strays and right. goes looking at somebody like everything is just done as a way of bringing the, the woman down in some way. And so I think it's interesting how that then continues on in the way we view things. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I, I also think that for some people, they get married early and some people stop their sexual education at a young age. <laughs> you know, they think, oh, I know how to do this. I'm doing all right with it. And there's no need to improve or discover new things. Um, you or know, it I, never happened in the first place. Yes. yes I've, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
There is. I, I, I've said many times that, you know, I would be willing to bet that for the people who say, well, my partner is not interested in sex very much or very often, um, that if you could maybe communicate, see if they're enjoying it, see if there's ways of improving, because sometimes that comes from it's just not that enjoyable. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I think I, I think that if it was, um, more partners would see them as having a higher sex drive or higher interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have well, no science backing this up. This is just nope. <laughs> from my own talking with people and uh you know girlfriends and and guy friends and stuff and yeah that's what i've seen right well that's a lot of experience you've been around the block even if it's not scientific i'm taking a science a science class a sex class right now human sexuality in my uh, Uh master's program and it's just reminding me of a lot of things that sometimes go over people's heads because they never were taught them in the first place you know sex education is not always universal in this country like just as a base course for middle schools or high schools in public schools, it's more likely, but there's a lot of private schools where they don't even have to do any of that shit. And people will just miss the boat. And all they have is their own experiences. And the problem with yeah. the problem with your own experiences is it can make you, it could make you confident and cocky. But it could also make you terrified that you're really clueless. It can have so many variable in, outcomes. Yeah. And that's, if you get married with somebody and you don't trust the relationship you have sexually, uh, it could cause a lot of problems of, you know, wed- out of wedlock and cheating and all the shit that goes with the affairs. And and those are things that happen because I would think there's a lack of a, a physical connection or it fades away. And sometimes it does fade away. I, I mean, right, okay. Danielle? Isn't it, I'm not saying it's what happens with you or what happened with us. Because we're all perfect, but we, <laughs> there will there could come a time where I don't know. I, it just seems like a lot of American relationships are. There seems to be more of a condoning of, hey, well, yeah, that person's gonna cheat, but they still love me. I, would you ever? Would you ever roll something like that? I'm not trying to give Justin a hall pass here or anything. I'm just right. I'm just curious about these things. Like, cause what, what if that is the case? Like, what if somebody just wants to have sex with someone else, but they still truly love the person with this? Do you think that's a realistic approach or is that just bullshit? Um, Does this have anything to do with the border being closed? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's officially been over a year since we've seen each other and God, it's getting tough. I got to tell you. Uh, you know, uh, Justin and I have joked around that, you know, well, if you get a hall pass, awesome. I get a hall pass too. And he's like, absolutely not. Nobody's getting any hall passes. There would be no hall pass anybody. Um, you know, Justin doesn't even have time for a hall pass, I don't think. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, you know what? I and I am certainly not one to speak on this because I am uh, not polyamorous, um, nor do I know a lot of people who are, and I don't, you know. Neither do I. So that's my caveat. But I understand the aspect of, for individuals who, you know, don't want to be in a monogamous relationship and who find satisfaction in having different partners that meet different needs, I don't think there's anything wrong with that if that's what everybody is happy with and consenting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are individuals who are in a 
committed, somewhat monogamous relationship, I would say, in this sort of case, where they're deciding, okay, we're staying together and we're staying committed in our relationship, but we are both free to engage in physical relationships outside of this one relationship. If that's what both parties agree to and are happy with and are comfortable with, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, For me, it's the matter of everybody involved agreeing and being comfortable, not being coerced or being pressured because they, you know, their partner wants to do this and they don't want to lose them. So they're agreeing with to it, even though it makes them feel bad. That's not it's it's enthusiastic as with anything with sex. You need to have enthusiastic consent for something, mm-hmm. not just eh. Sure, <laughs> I guess you know. <laughs> Although I will say, look, sometimes I have given that sort of consent, but it was uh-huh. really late and I was tired. So, there it is. but there you know, for is. the most part, enthusiastic consent. Then I think it's fine for people to you know choose what their relationship should look like, and and how it should go. I think another little piece of that, um, not that like we're giving any sort of like real advice on this, but (laughs) um, the communication afterward should be huge. That's the part. It's not the, well, you agreed to it. Like, and now you're having like these weird feelings because now I'm like spending more time with her. Like you said, and don't you remember that conversation? That I think is probably where these kinds of things happen because They'll get into I had a girlfriend that was in a relationship like this and she was like, I'm okay because I work a lot and it's fine and we're okay with it until it happened. So she agreed to it and everything was fine until it happened. And then Mm -hmm. emotionally it became too much. But she was like, he's right. I agreed. I'm like, so what? We agreed it like how many people agree to go to university and then they quit because they don't like it anymore. Like you can change your mind. And see, this is the same thing as anything with sex. Mm-hmm. It is good to get enthusiastic consent mm-hmm. before you do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day about this, that, you know, how they were taught that you don't want to do anything that will talk the woman out of moving forward, you mm-hmm. know, with intimacy. Um, and so, you know, the checking in, so many people have an idea that checking in and looking for consent Um, you know, can be awkward and, you know, throw cold water on the process and stop everything. No, there are great ways of checking in and asking for consent. So it seems to me in the situation with your friend, it's a lot like sex, enthusiastic consent beforehand, checking in during, and it's okay at any time for either partner to go, you know what, I'm not feeling comfortable now. I I don't want to keep going like this. We need to stop and let's, you know, check in again, talk about it and come up with something new. Right. Yeah, that smells fishy to me. That smells fishy to me because, like, <laughs> not what you're saying. Those people are trying to say that, oh, it's going to ruin the moment. No, 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 no. If there's, if the oh, desire is already yeah. there, you could mm-hmm. say almost anything, and it's still going to happen. As long if they want you, they're going to want you. So you could say, hey, you're cool with this, right? They're like, oh, absolutely, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it could be kind of Good combined point. in with a little bit of dirty talk or a little bit of, sure. do you like that? Is you know, oh, that's tell a me good what move. you nice. want. You know, I'm going to, or I want to do this. Is this what you want also? You know, there's so many ways of doing it and keeping things in the moment. Um, I think because one, because people don't like to talk about sex very often. So they don't get to hear a lot of examples of this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my parents, well, my mom, especially my mom, when I was younger said, 
look, when you're ready to have sex, you'll know. I did not. I had no idea. I just not good advice. <laughs> Everybody else is kind of doing it now, so I feel okay with it. I guess maybe this means that I'm ready. No. That's what happened, huh? I have, yeah, I just, oh, and I, I was not emotionally ready to have mm-hmm. sex. Um, mm-hmm. My first time was very uncomfortable. Um, I felt very, and I don't just mean physically. I mean, like, where we were and just the setting. It was horrible. Mm. It was really, really horrible. Um, You know, and I didn't know. I felt uncomfortable saying anything to my boyfriend. Well, if I was going to have sex with him, I shouldn't have been uncomfortable saying anything to him. I should have been able to go, hey, I know we both thought this was going to happen tonight, but this is not how I imagined it. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer. I should have felt comfortable enough to say that to him. Um, but but I were... didn't. Okay. So um, I was self-conscious. I didn't want him to be upset. I didn't want him to be. I put his feelings ahead of my own. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that I wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough to be able to and comfortable enough to be able to voice my feelings. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, how is someone supposed to know that? So that's interesting. And so, and so this is the thing. And you know, if I wasn't able to voice that to him, how could I voice to him? Hey, that doesn't feel great. Maybe if you tried doing this instead, this would be more enjoyable for me. Or Mm -hmm. I like it when you do this. I don't like it when you do that. Mm-hmm. I already was worried about his ego and his feelings. So I wasn't even going to be able to do that in order to express what would make the actual experience even better for me. And so what I have talked with my daughter about is that it's not an age and it's not a certain time. It's when you are comfortable enough that you know your own body and you're able to communicate with your partner, whoever it is that you choose it to be that you feel comfortable enough to say yes and no, and I like this and I don't like this, then maybe you can explore thinking that you're ready to engage in that sort of relationship. That's great advice. And I wish that somebody had been more specific about that with me because there was a lot of stuff that I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I God, I swear I'm so rare. I was a rare breed. I mm. I actually told my, I told my girlfriend that we sh- should wait. I'm not kidding. I was 16 and I, we waited like three more months after she was like, uh, she might've been feeling the same. You were, she might've felt pressured. She had also had sex before. So she was not a virgin. I don't know uh, who's to say, but actually I said that I'm not kidding. I'm like, let's wait. I was, I was kind of nervous about it, I guess. And I didn't want to, I don't know. A lot of things get built up too, where maybe there's no perfect moment either. And I don't want, that's the other extreme of what you're talking about going the other direction. It, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it certainly has to be comfortable for you at the very least. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't need to be perfect, um, but it needs to be something that you can both enjoy, even if it's just having a shared experience together. Kind of enjoy, yeah. not that necessarily the act itself has to be, you know, completely enjoyable. Because there's there's a lot of sex is complicated. Um, <laughs> it is. Well, you're getting good feedback from this. Rebecca says, I love that you talked to your daughter about that. I wish my mom would have prepared me on some type of level besides use a condom, quote unquote. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's not great. I mean, it's not yeah. terrible, but I mean, at least that's a good thing. Use a condom. So that's a start, but right. 
but that's what my parents and even, you know, our, our daughter is starting to get into where they're just easing into sex education. Um, but we're very unhappy with the, the, what they've chosen, um, to go with because I don't think it prepares a person. And so this is where, you know, a lot of people talk about sex and well, how do you get good at it? Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily say doing it a lot gets you any better. Uh, you know, I, I could, I could do something over and over again, but if I don't really know how to do it well in the beginning, how am mm-hmm. I, you know, necessarily improving? You know, yeah, there's a lot of, of education out there that's really good, but you know, sex education, what most people get is just in school and it's, Hey, here's what sex is. Here's how babies are made. Don't get an STD. Yeah, it's about scaring you more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And it really, I think it creates a negative foundation about sex. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are trying in our household to kind of add on to the information that is already being given um, just to make sure that things are. And I've told my daughter, you may not like some of the things that I think you need to know about or that I want to talk to you about. And if you don't want to talk to me about it, that's okay. But at least please let me give you some resources so that I know that you're going to some good websites Mm -hmm. to, you know, learn about some of these things so that I can direct you in the right way. Um, So hopefully, you know, hopefully she's willing to do that. But there, yeah, there's just not a lot out there when you're younger. And then once somebody, you know. How many people do you know that aren't looking to go into some sort of field regarding sex? But how many people in their 20s do you know that are going, you know what? I've been reading this great book on sex because I want to be a better lover. (laughs) Just (laughs) And and especially, I mean, you know, and maybe this is maybe this is perpetuating a stereotype, but I'm only going off of my own experiences. For the people that do, I know many more girls that do that than guys that do that. Yeah, um, they're talking conquest. They really are. I mean, I, that's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, we, yeah, we did. I did her. Yeah, you know, like shit like that. Like we did this, yeah. we did that. They didn't talk about how good things were in particular, or they might, but like it's only from their point of view. That's how I remember it in my twenties. Everybody's just talking that way. There's no educational discussion whatsoever. Which yeah, no, you just blew my mind with that thought. Actually, it's pretty crazy. It's interesting, you know. Like I said, sex is complicated for me because I was sexually abused as a child, um, how I viewed sex and how I approached sex um, just got really mucked up as I got older and, you know, started to become uh, sexually active. Um, My first boyfriend, I don't think ever even noticed or cared whatsoever if it was enjoyable for me or not. Like if I was being satisfied, I, I don't think he ever noticed. But my second boyfriend noticed and cared on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, so where he was very pressuring about it. Did you, did you, was that good? Did you like, Oh God. Chill out, man. Um, Yeah. And it, and it really, it made things, um, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I made assumptions about myself where, um, because the first boyfriend didn't really care. Second boyfriend kind of freaked me out. And now looking back, I kind of know, okay, this is what was going on. Um, but at the time, I was only, uh, let's see, I was 17, I think. Mm. So it's not like I had a lot of experience. Sure. Um, and so because nothing happened with the first boyfriend and nothing happened with the second boyfriend, I thought, oh, maybe because of what happened to me when I was younger, 
I'm just not able to do that. And so uh, I just assumed that I wasn't able to have an orgasm. And so then I just never tried again. And see, if I had had some better education, I would have known, oh, no, no, that's that's not the case. It's, you know, especially when you're young, it's a little harder, mental aspects, you know, mm -hmm. physiology. And I could have, uh, I could have really saved myself a lot of years of, uncomfortableness and pain if I had known that that was a lot more normal. You must have felt you know? all alone too. Yeah, and it's not something you know, I wanted to talk to people about. Right. It's like you um, said, people you in their know. 20s aren't going to be having these conversations. You're not nope. going to have it when you're 17. This this arrogance of people in their 20s who are having sex or if they're singles and they're living the, you know, life in the fast lane is is really ridiculous now that you've You've kind of opened my mind to that. Like, what a joke. The people in their 20s are a joke. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> Most of the time, people are bragging. There's a lot of bravado, even, you know, with women. There's, you know, some of that kind of conversation. Of yeah, um, the college although, life and the post-college life. That's what's mm -hmm. happening. And I remember, like, I remember being at a bridal shower and everybody was doing a little, uh, you know, truth or dare kind of stuff during the bridal shower. And the bride had mentioned that her uh, soon-to-be husband didn't know that when they finished having sex, he'd go off to take a shower and she would finish things for herself. Oh, Jesus. Soon-to-be like, husband? What a oh, nightmare. my God. And at the time, because I was, you know, at that time, I was probably 19. And people didn't really, you know, at least in my circle, have a lot of discussions about this sort of thing. And so I thought, okay, well, I guess that must be a normal thing. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. That's why shows like when we were younger, or well, I assume like Loveline back in, you know, people would mm -hmm. call those shows yeah. all night long asking serious questions to Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. And it was a, there was a comedy mixed in, but there was really serious questions too, because people yeah. were desperate for knowledge and the internet was still newer. So you didn't have like all this information at your fingertips that you could Google. So I think you're right about that. It's a really smart comment on your part. And, I just can't believe that to this day, the female orgasm is still a confusing topic for not only men, but women too in this country. It's so, so disappointing. It really, there's so many misnomers and a bunch of yeah. crap out there that just confuses everybody. It's, it's a bummer. Yeah. I'm sure that there, you know, even for me, okay. Like the different ways that a woman can achieve an orgasm, you know, for the majority of women, um, you know, it's through clitoral stimulation. <clears throat> Even knowing that, looking back at the sexual relationships that I had, not very many of them ever whatsoever tried to do anything there mm -hmm. at all. And so mm. when I really started educating myself more about sex and, and um, you know, uh, the physiology for women and even the mental stuff, you know, foreplay, all these things. When I started really looking into things and I kind of realized, oh, okay, here's why this has been an issue for me <laughs> because this has never been done at all. So yeah. no wonder because there's an automatic assumption of, oh, it's me. It's got to just be me. Right. And while in some ways it was, um, because if I had known better, I would have been able to communicate with my partners better and direct them better. Hey, here's what I need. Um, you know, but a lot of it is that, uh, you know, I don't think guys are ever told that sort of thing. And some guys discover it and figure it out. And some guys don't at all. That goes back to sex ed. You know, yeah. so some guys 
I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss the blame on them, but <laughs> some of them just never knew. I, I don't know. It's like there's a lot of if you had access to pornography and you could see things on TV, that was probably more of a teaching tool for some dudes than it was for anything they ever got through a sex ed class or or because because like you said, two 16 year olds having sex for the first time might not even tell the partner about these things. There's so many yeah. gaps, tons of gaps all over the place. So I, I yeah. commend you for this. This is. I don't even I don't know we'd end up talking about this, but this has been Yeah, neither did I, sorry. No, it's great. <laughs> because this is what you wanna this is what you wanna talk about too. Like when you're blog blogging and stuff. This is some yeah. of the stuff you want to focus on, right? Well that was the it whole point is of this. Because I, I think that I think that a satisfying and a healthy sex life is an important part of a healthy relationship. Yes. So and you know, having a satisfying and healthy sex life, that doesn't mean like Oh, we're able to have wild sex all the time or sweet <laughs> loving sex, you know, all the time. It's just a matter of both partners feeling satisfied, you know, whether that's, you know, just from the being together and having the intimacy together, uh, whether that's from achieving an orgasm, whatever it is for those individuals, you know, I think that's important. And I think that there are huge roadblocks for couples um, when it comes to sex that could, you know, be addressed if people felt more comfortable about doing so and knew where to go in order to do that. Porn is a terrible place for anybody to learn about sex. And yet, you know, so many people do learn mm-hmm. through that. I'll tell you, it, you know, I'm going to be a little crass here and I apologize. But um, in porn, those guys <laughs> touch a woman's clit about as much as my old boyfriend's touched mine, and it doesn't get anywhere, and it doesn't do anything. So it's all very male-centric. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, yes, you is. know, depending on um, depending on what you're going for, you know, a lot of guys in their 20s and plenty of women, it's just about having sex. And not necessarily the quality. But if you're really interested in um, you know, pleasing your partner and achieving, you know, better intimacy and stuff. I think that there are, are things that could be done to improve that, you know, understanding for, overall. Yeah. yeah. For women, you know, a lot is a, a mental arousal and stuff. And so a lot of that comes from before you even hit the bedroom um, or even just in, you know, how you touch your partner and not in a sexual way, but just in how you touch your partner. And even if it's not necessarily leading to sex, it's, you know, improving and deepening intimacy or just the way that you speak to your partner and what you speak to your partner about, Um, you know, for, you know, sometimes for me, really good foreplay is when, you know, I'm cracking jokes and Justin's laughing and we're just having that moment together. And it's (laughs) creating this, this, you know, sense of, oh, I'm with the person who really gets me. That right yes. there can be foreplay and arousing. Yeah. So, you know, I wish this stuff was talked about more. Obviously. Absolutely. I wonder if if you so you go to work uh, once a week in the car taking notes. Good job, Justin. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder if you did something along the lines of uh, uh, doing like a voice recording that does the voice to text. And you just did it in the car that you just like kind of talked about the things that you want to talk about. And then when you get the, you'll have all the text and then, yeah, sure. Some of the words you might have to like change. So it actually makes sense. <laughs> but um, yeah. that might be a really good start because I find like 
you're really, you've got so much to give that like, if you just talk it out, it might be easier than trying to like spend the, you don't have the two hours to sit down to do a blog post, but you do have half an hour to get like, you know, a good thing out Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I think at least that would give me kind of a structure. Mm-hmm. And then I could add in as I need. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I have to do is I have to be comfortable that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to have a blog post that completely wraps things up. Here's, no. you know, an idea, here's what my thoughts are. And here's the conclusion. I think so often I feel like I need to write something that has that kind of purpose and some sort of conclusion at the end. Um, and I need to be more comfortable of doing just some sort of free free throw just thoughts just let what it if out. what if you call it instead of calling it a blog why don't you just call it like um you know danielle's diary or something so it's just excerpts of things that you're thinking of and then people go into it not expecting a you know fully whatever epa style whatever that all that garbage is um why don't you just have it that it's just like a diary it's just your yeah. journal yeah that could and then if what, it, be- you know, if it becomes bigger, if it becomes bigger and it becomes something that you're going to start writing articles on or you start doing all that, then that's what it could grow to. And you could take even some of those, you know, entries. But I mean, if I had the choice of reading, if I had the choice of reading a book that was full of your entries, like journal entries, like a, a biography kind of thing, as opposed to listening or reading a full book that you put in that was like step for step of what to do and da, 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 and everything was like crisp and clear. I'd, I'd pick the journal. I'd want to read the diary, you know? Yeah. That's actually a really interesting idea that might help me kind of at least, cause I even keep thinking that I need to just do something on a regular basis, mm-hmm. have, you know, I'm really terrible at having something that I do on a regular basis of having any sort of structure. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm terrible with structure. Um, but I've been thinking that if I really got into kind of a, creating a pattern for myself, that it maybe then would be easier. And so maybe again, if I don't have this unachievable idea, but make something, you know, smaller, bite size, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So basically, <laughs> this makes me think of my daughter really wanted to cook this dinner. And so I agreed. I said, okay, you come up with what you want to do and I'll help you and I'll make it happen. Um, so she came up with a 10 course French dinner that she wanted to do. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Now we did it. We pulled it off. Wow. It was amazing. Now, <clears throat> some of the courses were things like we had a frozen grapes course. It was some mm. sort of palate cleanser. So that was easy. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I could have um, even done that. But <laughs> Another course was some Madelines that we had bought from the store. So, okay, mm-hmm. again, easy. Um, but we made like a bouillabaisse. We made escargot. Okay, it was obnoxious. Wow. wow. It was great and it was fun. Um, Justin says my, it was amazing. My daughter's interest in it waned as the day went on of prepping everything and cooking everything. <laughs> and then by the time the dinner came, she was just done and didn't want to do anymore. And so I explained to her, listen, it was great that you wanted to try this. But next time, let's be more reasonable and make it smaller, like maybe a three-course meal, you know, mm-hmm. not not 10. You know, maybe an appetizer, a main, and a dessert, a little bit more reasonable. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay, you're right. 
So I think I need to look at my blog as, you know, maybe start off with just a bunch yeah. of amuse bouches, mm-hmm. you know, just small little bite-sized things, you know, yeah. maybe an appetizer or two throwing in. Yeah. And then I can lead up to, you know, doing some other stuff. Yes. And, you know, when I have time and I have something that I want to say in a longer fashion, I can do that. But at the very least, I'm putting something out there that's mine and that's a part of me. Yes. And I think that's a great idea. I love it. Yay. Look at us really helping each stuff. other. Yeah. Leanne's Yay. great at workshopping stuff. She, but she has to have another mind to work off of. She can't work alone. So that's why. Yeah, I, I, I do. I like working with other people because it's you get three minds out of two. So <laughs> it's yeah, so cool. Uh, uh, you know, I, the whole thing about perfectionism and trying to make sure the blog post is so just nice and organized, but it's also very thought provoking and people will be like, wow, I'm taking a lot from that. I know the feeling. I know. I understand that not wanting to make it unless it's going to be just, just right. Yeah. And, but you know what happens? Exhausting as well. Yeah. But this is what happens all the time that like, let's say just like, let's just say Instagram posts. You spend all this time doing these ones that are going to look great and the wording is going to be perfect and everything is going to be great and then nobody cares. And then one mm-hmm. day you're just like, oh my gosh, here's a picture of like this thing that inspired me. I liked it. I'm just going to throw it up there. I don't care. Nobody's going to like it, but I just want it up there. And then everybody loves it. So it's going to be the same thing. Like not, you're not going to please everybody regardless of how good it is. So just get it out there. You said, I, and it's yeah. still, it still hit me. And I listened to it again last night and I was like, man, yeah, that's where I realized it. When you just were talking about how you had depressive episodes and that was what you, when you were a kid, you used to say that it was, you know, I had like a dark cloud over me or it was light. And I told you in that episode, while I was listening to you say that, here Mm -hmm. I was 39 years old and I was like, oh, okay, so I've had depressive episodes because that's exactly what that was. So then when I had my nervous breakdown when I was like 36 or 37 or whatever, and it came out of the blue because I had never had any kind of sadness in my life, you made me realize, no, you did. You just called it clouds, but it was actually, (laughs) you were going through issues. So just these little things can really change somebody's life. And it's, you know, you're not getting it out there because it's not perfect, but you didn't mean for that story on a podcast to be perfect. You just got it out because you needed to say it. And it literally, it put everything together for me. Um, It was huge for me. And even going forward, when I would think back to most recent things that were um, like my dark cloud, I still think that way. Then I'm like, oh, that's why I was so tired because I came out of that and it was actual depression, but I worked through it just saying, nope, that was a dark cloud. And I was like, no, Danielle said that was my depressive. So it literally, they're not even just little tidbits that people will be like, oh, interesting. And then move on. It's they need to hear it so then they can change their life. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes it's easy. Okay. I'm trying really hard to make sure that my daughter doesn't grow up like me. So, you know, I give her little tidbits of things like she can't be afraid to fail. You know, she has to go ahead and do things anyways and not be afraid to fail because she's going to fail. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. That's just a part of of things. Um, And so 
sometimes, you know, I am so afraid of failing that I just build things up to avoid trying and putting something out there and doing something. So, um, you know, I am getting better at recognizing it, but a lot of times I allow the process to get in the way of the product of, okay, I need to have everything just so I need to have, I need to not be too tired. I need to have a couple hours of being left alone. I need to make sure the house is clean so that I don't have that on my mind. I need to make sure everything's prepped for tomorrow. I need to write an outline of what it is that I want to write. I need to be really focused. I need to make sure this is my voice and it sounds authentic. Is it getting a good, I build and build and build because it's easier to do that and go, oh, I just couldn't do it, than it is to go, oh, I did it, and it fucking sucked. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. All right. Yep. It's productive procrastination. We just, yes. I just came up with that this, uh, this morning in my mastermind. Oh. We were talking about, like, how did your week go? What did you accomplish? Blah, blah, blah. A week ago, I learned about the uh, dot, dot journaling. Uh, that's not what it's called. It's called a something anyway bullet, bullet journaling that's bullet what journaling. it is <laughs> so i was getting my head where i watched the youtube videos i found the one that i was gonna buy i was gonna go and get it and then i was like oh this is perfect and then i'll have all of these sheets and then i'll be able to do all these things so then i sent it to like the people that are in my mastermind i was like guys you really should look at this and as soon as i sent it i was like i'm doing this so then i won't do the thing so i was like no <laughs> I'm not doing a bullet journal. I'm not buying it. I am writing down the three things that I will accomplish tomorrow. And then the next day I will accomplish the three things. And I accomplish more this week than I have probably all year in the business and in the things that I've been doing because I wasn't doing that. I'm notorious. Mike knows. I'm like, oh, I have another list. Oh, I'll put it on a list. Oh, I'll do the thing. Oh, I'll plan, a plan, a plan. It's just productive procrastination. It makes us feel oh. good, but it's doing nothing. And it does. It makes me feel so good it to does. have the list and do that. <clears throat> oh, it's there are amazing. even times where I tell Justin, you know, I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I'm feeling so anxious about things. Um, and so I will go and do something that isn't necessarily pulling off of the list that is weighing down on me, but it's something that I can do and finish and feel accomplished about. Mm -hmm. And at least feeling like I was somewhat productive in that way makes me feel better, but there's still the pile behind me that I have to deal with. Right. Mm. Um, And so, you know, that to me is a little bit of that kind of productive procrastination. If I would just tackle the looming pile behind me, it wouldn't be putting so much pressure on me, but I'm instead doing small little things that I can accomplish quickly, but that aren't really vital. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> one of the things too, that I found like super, super helpful is because I have like these big things that you want to do. You're never going to find the time to do it. Never. It's going to be on your list for years because you can't find 10 hours to do that thing. But if you can break it down into 20 minute tasks, half an hour task to like as simple as like this podcast, just like doing this, this background thing that instead of being, I have to do that, this, 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 this whole thing to put on one podcast, that's a task. So then 
when I have 15 minutes, I can go in and I can do that thing and check that off. And it gets me one step closer to having that podcast episode done and that breaking all of that down. And that's why I think just this like verbal to text is going to be huge because it's going to be that one step that you can do. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Now all I have to do is just edit that text. Okay. I can do that. Oh, and now I just have to put that into my blog post. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. And then it becomes manageable. Yeah, the little bite-sized pieces, that's even a thing that I, you know, with my daughter. Kids' rooms are ridiculous. It looks like a bomb exploded in them. And trying to, I know it's overwhelming to me. Mm -hmm. So how do I tell a 10-year-old, hey, go in there and clean the whole thing? It's just Mm -hmm. as overwhelming to her. Mm -hmm. Um. So I try to do the same thing, break it down into smaller pieces. Hey, pick up all the socks. Start mm-hmm. there. Let's get all the socks picked up and into the laundry, yes. you know, or, or fold it up and put away. Yeah. Uh, when you Then pick up all the stuffed animals. Yep. Take it one little piece at a time. And as you do that, the room gets cleaner and you're able to see things better. And then you get a better idea of what needs to happen next and yes. where you go from there. So I need to take that sort of approach. Yes. And I have to go back super quick. Um, When you said I'm trying everything so then my daughter doesn't turn out like me, I hope, I hope and pray that she turns out like you. I hope she doesn't have to go through all of the things that you went through. So yes, trying to help her get to where you are now quicker, that's amazing. But absolutely, I hope that that your kids turn out like you guys because... And it's not just blowing smoke because I could have let that comment just go because I'm usually not good at going back to the comments because I don't remember them. But that was one that I really do hope you're a wonderful woman. And yeah, I get that you don't like want her to have to go through everything that you've gone through. Um, And so you can teach her, you know? Yeah. I just, you know, I want her to be less anxious. Mm -hmm. I want her to be less fearful. I want her to, you know, both of my girls. Mm-hmm. Um, to feel confident and and comfortable in going after things. I let my anxieties and fears really hold me back from a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, and even now, my anxiety it makes it really hard to do things. Um, you know, I, I'm glad, sort of, I will say half, half and half maybe, um, that I'm doing this little venture of the fantasy baseball stuff Mm -hmm. um but quite honestly it has really added into my anxiety and that's been hard um and it's hard because that's just the way I am I get really anxious over you know things where you know I've gotten a lot of advice of just have fun with it it's not that big of a deal and I wish that my brain worked that way but it doesn't because I have a tendency to overthink and get super anxious and then I drive myself wild of oh my god I must be driving my league mates crazy because I'm taking so long to do this pick but I'm just not sure of what I should do and it's like all my bits of my personality just turn into this tornado inside of it so yeah I just really want them to not do that stuff there's a lot of things I could say there but you know, you, you get, my brother said this on our show like a month ago, you give, we give our thoughts fuel, our thoughts fuel our anxieties and stuff. So you could, your brain is not wired that way. It, it may be that way now, but it could be changed if you want, 
if you really wanted to change, Daniel, I do believe it's possible. Not that you don't want to change. Sure. It's just it does take time and it would take energy and reconditioning and, you know, maybe part of you that, maybe part of you that's funny or maybe a part that you like about yourself is also kind of connected to that anxiety. So in a way, it, it almost is like a part of you and you don't want to lose it in a sense. And I'm not saying that's a conscious thing. That could be subconscious. This is total armchair psychologist stuff here. But sure. I just, as someone who understands what you are going through as well, and I, me and Leanne have fed it our own thoughts mm-hmm. and our own realities. You know, the self-fulfilling prophecy thing. We've all heard That's that, exactly so. what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. our stories that we're telling ourselves and that we've just, we almost say it in autopilot. Like we're not even realizing yeah. that we're saying it. I haven't changed at all. I've, I, I mean, I still have things that <laughs> I would like to change. So I'm not going to say you're telling you to change. I'm just saying, yeah, we're all the same. I, I should talk about myself. Like I, I'm not changed. I haven't changed in certain ways and I wish I would, but I say, this is how I am. And I just let that go. And that's my fault. I I take responsibility for that. Yeah. It's hard to find that balance between, okay, this is just who I am and a part of the quirkiness that is me and be able to go, okay, you know what? This is not a helpful part of me and really needs to be changed or addressed. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to, figure that out i joke around sometimes that um years ago i had my tonsils removed um and uh, i'm a mutant and one of my tonsils grew back (laughs) but it didn't grow back normally um and so it's very sensitive um and so i used to be able to drink scotch no problem people would ask me all the time like doesn't it burn doesn't it hurt your throat no i didn't feel it at all and i think it's because something was wrong with my tonsils (laughs) oh Now I can't drink scotch anymore without a lot of pain because of the sensitivity. So it's like I removed the tonsils, which needed to be removed because they weren't healthy or good for me. But it took away my superpower of being able to drink scotch and do something that I really enjoyed. So, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe if I took away the anxiety, you know, I wouldn't be this version (laughs) of myself. So hard to say. I do hope in many ways that I can, you know, pass along my outlook. Um, and, and my perspective to my girls, um, the way I try to approach things and kind of the healthy, uh, way that I try to do so. I hope that I can pass those things along. I just hope that I can remove some of the roadblocks that I've had or that I put in, Mm. you know, in front of me. Um, hopefully I can, I can help them either maneuver those or avoid those altogether. So, but we'll yeah. see, because maybe then they just have their um, their own roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You're going to have all the best intentions in the world, and the children and kids, they grow up, and they become a certain way, and sometimes there's just nothing you could do about it. And yeah. I don't need to be a parent to know that, because I grew up, and I, <laughs> I saw what my parents were like, and things they tried to avoid, and then things go a certain way. It's just, there's no way to control everything. You already know yeah. that. That's repetitive. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to thank Danielle for coming on. This has been this has actually been really informative. There's so many more things I could ask, but let's not wait nine months. Let's have you come on in maybe a shorter span than nine months because it's just too damn, it's too damn interesting. There's, we get on really good topics that are useful. And I I think not only for ourselves, but I think there's stuff here that people who've been watching and listening to the podcast could take away something for their own lives, their own families, their own parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this is fun. I like how we just meander. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, you know, from that's, topic to topic. This, yeah, yeah. It, that's how I always like to do that. You know, 
I structure a lot of my other shows a little more with notes and a rundown and stuff, but I've always wanted to just have, because I know what the focus is here, so I just want to see what people are talking about, and you have so many facets, so we can go in a lot of different directions, and that's that's great. I, I really, really love talking to you, and you know, you're a friend of ours here. You're always a friend of the show. You're a friend of mine personally. I yep. love you and Justin. You guys are always the best, and yeah, that just, that's it. I hope I've uh, properly expressed how grateful we are for your uh, time and energy. Well, I am so happy to be able to join you guys again. And yes, absolutely. Whatever you guys want, I am more than happy to come on. It's great to leave it unstructured because then I don't overthink anything. Yes. So that, yep. that works out really perfectly. Good. <laughs> Good. Okay. Yeah. And this conversation this conversation has reinforced this show. This episode is reinforced the fact that we will not stop doing the show the way we do it. We're going to still do yes. this together. Because you guys are great this is together. This is great. This whole thing's yeah. It's just you, not, every not every episode. It's just like Daniel told us. Not everything's going to be perfect. Not every episode is going to wow. go our way. Sometimes things don't go as planned. So this yeah. is just a reinforcement. So thank you. if anything, you may, you saved the show. You saved the show, Danielle. You were Yay! our first guest and then you saved the show. So this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, you know, I'll be really honest. I, uh, I was not in a good mental headspace when I kind of came on here. Step first thing, but doing this really kind of calmed me down. I was able to, you know, really focus in on what we were doing and talking about. It. And it's good to do this sort of thing, even if you aren't feeling like you're ready for it or, you know, that it's yeah. going to turn out the way you expect. Yes. Just go ahead and dive in and do it anyways. So, Amen. and that's what I did today. And I'm really glad I did because I'm really glad with how this turned out. So, Thank that you, guys. so true. Yeah, of yeah. course. See, that's even better. Oh, awesome. So many positive takeaways from the show. Thank you to everyone for participating in the show. All your comments on the live stream. We had a lot of them. Thank you. That makes the show better. And next week, uh, we'll be back on the air. I don't even know when our next show is. Uh, As next, it's next Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, and Kim Willis from the Canadian Mental Health Association is going to be here. So, awesome. When's Mikey going to be on? He's going to be on, I don't know the date. It was going to be Tuesday, but I don't know if we're doing Tuesday. So we have to talk to Mikey, but then it'll be the following week. So in two oh, weeks. Oh, shit. Sorry, Mikey. We'll fix that. Yeah, Mikey, <laughs> Anyways, we'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mikey, Mikey Ahedo is a great guy, and uh, you'll learn a lot from him as well. Oh, so, yes, for, Yeah, he's going to be on the show. Yeah, it's long wait. overdue. Long overdue. So yeah, first day pod at protonmail.com. First day pod on all your social platforms. Give us a five-star rating and give us a one-star review if we deserve it, I guess. I mean, I I would hope that maybe you'll find something from the show that is a little bit more useful than just calling us cheesy. So thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Danielle. Bye. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.